Hello, Kayla. Hello, <laughs> Megan. Hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. I feel like I just saw you. Wait, we recorded a podcast yesterday. Isn't that exciting? Oh, yes, we did. We're like officially just like recording podcasts. Boom, boom. All the time. <laughs> oh, we're professional now. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> um, but not only that, I also saw you at this fabulous thing called the Lunar Soul Tribe. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did you? Which I'm very excited to talk about today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm very excited. Very excited about that. I, I think, hey, Megan, did you have like a transformative, beautiful uh, spiritual experience last night in the Lunar Soul Tribe? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yes. There was there was such a such a spiritual transformation. Ah, um, we're also beautiful. in a very, very big uh lunar cycle right now and it was just like oh my gosh and I, I get to be around all of these beautiful energies and these beautiful women um phenomenal can't wait to talk about it more yay thank you thank you thank you very much uh yes <laughs> Hi, I'm Kayla Mason. And I'm Megan Smith. And this is Human Human Design Design in Real Time. I'm the founder and CEO of Kayla Care. And as an intuitive human design coach, I use human design to help you get to the root of what's holding you back from living the life you actually want to be living. Human design is a map of your energetic DNA that uses a combination of ancient systems and modern science to help you understand how your energy shows up in the world. On this podcast, we'll be talking with people from all walks of life about how their human design affects their lives and the lives of those around them. Getting your own human design chart is easy. All you need is your exact birth time, and you can go to freehumandesignchart.com to download your own copy. So let's get started. Okay, welcome back to the Human Design in Real Time podcast. Today we have Ronnie Kreil. Uh, she is a Reiki healer and human design coach. She is a 3-5 sacral generator. Ronnie and Kayla are talking us, to us today about their new program called the Lunar Soul Tribe. Welcome, Ronnie. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm so excited to see you again. I saw you last night at the Lunar Soul Tribe for your first ever full moon circle. We loved having you there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was. thank you so much for, for joining us. Oh, yeah, <laughs> my pleasure. Oh, my gosh. Loved it. I, I felt so, like, energized in the moment with you guys, as well as, like, also calm and, and like, connected it felt so just like visceral um it was wonderful i i enjoyed it so much so um i want you guys to tell our listeners about what lunar soul tribe is how you guys got started with this idea yeah absolutely i'm i am so excited about this i've already mentioned it uh a, a couple times on the podcast um the Lunar Soul Tribe is something that is a long time coming for me. Um, when I first started Kayla Care, there was a part of me that knew right from the beginning that I wanted to create a community. I wanted to create a community, a safe space, a place where people could come and not just learn, not just learn how to connect to themselves the way that I do in my sessions, but also see that there is a whole world out there of others who are also looking to connect to themselves because i think so often the you know the soul journey the journey of self can feel lonely it can feel really lonely because it feels like you're the only person who knows what you're going through and in some ways yeah you are the only person who knows what you're going through but mm-hmm. having other people who are on the same journey even if their journey is a little bit different than yours, I think is such a beautiful thing because it gives us all the opportunity to hold space for each other. So, and honestly, my practice in general, and uh, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but when I started my practice, it was much more scientific. I started with nutrition. I started in a very like, these are facts and this is how I can help you kind of way. Um, And then when I 
started to work with human design and really started to understand that I am here to be a spiritual leader. I'm here to work in the unseen. I'm here to work in all of these things that previously I, you know, was kind of scared to dive into. Um, it, it changed the entire way that I viewed coaching and holding space for others creating that safe space, it became very clear to me that that is the main focus of what I bring to coaching. And that is the magic that I want to offer the world. And if I can offer a safe space, if I can offer a space for um, exploration to as many people as humanly possible, then I'm doing my part for humanity. So beginning this community is something that is starting right here with myself and Ronnie. It started last night with you, Megan, with I, we had four, five people, four people in the group, and it is going to grow and grow and grow. I want this to become a community of hundreds of people who can come in and say, oh my God, look, we're all on the same journey and hold space for that. So that's what I, that's like my vision for this group. Um, and what we're actually doing is using human design to help you to connect to the current energy moving through the cosmos um, and then doing a ritual that helps you to connect to yourself and your intentions for the month. So we work with releasing and calling in intentions. Um, and then we lay down and do a yoga nidra practice, which is the meditative modality that I like to utilize. And Ronnie administers Reiki during that time. So it's a lovely kind of, you know, we come in, there's discussion, it's a, a community space, then turns into a meditative kind of like uh, building of energy and then lands in a restorative space where we can take in healing. So we really get to take that full circle space. Ronnie, if you want to expand on that and talk about why you're here too, like why you wanted to be involved in a circle like this. Yeah, definitely. Um, my journey kind of started last year. It was actually a year ago in March um, when I ended up having my first ever Reiki session on myself, um, which led to me getting certified in it that following weekend even, um, from the, the person that did Reiki on me. Um, and later that month, she was also hosting a full moon circle in session, in person, and um, kind of provided that community space for especially people local here. Um, and, and it's not really something that's offered whether it's virtual or in person. So that was kind of an, an exciting experience for me. And I attended every single month that they had a session. And um, the longer that I attended, the more I kind of felt that pull of also being a facilitator and offering that, sp that space to other people, other um, this one specifically was directed towards women. And, and I do, feel that that draw to helping other women as well but having it as a an open community space for anyone that feels drawn to it to have that space where they can whether it's discovering their psychic abilities or or just exploring spirituality or astrology or human design um reiki yoga nidra all of that stuff it's it's providing that space where we can explore it in a safe way and find what works for us. Mm. And I just happened to get to be one of um, Kayla's, what do you call yeah. it, student client <laughs> <laughs> last fall. Um, and, and that was the first time that I had tried Yoga Nidra. And um, we kind of tossed back and forth, like it would be kind of cool to do something with Yoga Nidra and Reiki together and, and kind of amplify that healing op opportunity. And I was also kind of playing around with this idea of doing a moon circle, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do about it. And, and so we were kind of uh, 
I don't think I really came out and asked you, but I, it was kind of just playing around with the ideas and then it just formed out of nowhere almost. And, and yeah, last night got to be our first night. It was, oh, it was amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually, it's funny, the way that we came about doing the moon circles was very roundabout because from a human design perspective, neither Ronnie or I have motors to our throats. Ronnie is a generator. She actually is only defined in uh, her sacral and her uh, self self center so she's a lot of open undefined space um so she's a very intuitive person well and not only that of the seven undefined centers that i have five of them are completely open with no hanging gates wow yep so i take in a lot of energy um and and so kind of establishing this kind of safe space is also partially for me and having that space where where I can allow myself to take in that energy and and whether amplify it or just let it flow uh, in a natural way without getting um, reactive or without having to deal with people who mm. don't understand. That's a mm. huge thing. For Absolutely, me. Yeah. and you 100%. know that if it, if it's something for you you know that there are more people out there who also need that kind of safe space, right? And that's, you know, that's why you've created this opportunity for people to see and explore and and feel comfortable trying spirituality in whatever modality that shows up for them. Um, yeah. Which I can attest to because I was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so since neither of us have motors to our throat, there was not a moment like we had Alyssa uh, on here. I, I've talked to Alyssa. I'm also collaborating with her. She is someone with a motor to her throat. Megan, you are someone with a motor to your throat. Both of these people invited me into a thing. They were like, let's do this thing. But the way that mine and Ronnie's partnership happened was much more organic. It was much more we started talking about the idea of collaborating because we both really liked the concept of putting Reiki and Yoga Nidra in the same space. And we had no idea what we wanted to do. We had this big, long list of possibilities. We're talking about all these different random things. But previously, Ronnie had invited me to a moon circle. And I had been very excited to join her moon circle. But then it had... It had never come to fruition like we she tried it didn't really work out um and so i had like a download moment and it was literally like i came into our next meeting and i was like this is what we're doing I was like, this is what we're doing. We are doing a moon circle. Yeah. And my sacral was like, yes. <laughs> so it was it was very much that we both connected with Divine. And Divine was like, here, here's your invitation. Here's the thing for you to respond to. Go forth. Make it happen. And so my partnership with Ronnie has been very, very different um, than my partnership with all of the beautiful manifesting generators in my life. Beautiful. So why the moon? You know, the, the, this could be any sort of spiritual collaboration where we sit and we talk spiritually to to figure out, you know, what we want. Why specifically a moon circle? Uh, I think the moon is is a, a perfect metaphor for all of the cycles that we experience in life. So it's kind of our opportunity to have something tangible to work with um, that also reflects all of those other cycles that we experience in life. And it's our way of honoring that and, and working with intention and kind of learning how to um, feel into those cycles mm. and, and the different uh, phases of those cycles. And then learning how to fully utilize those phases as well. So if it's an expansive phase, like we know that we can actually work with that and amplify what we're doing mm -hmm. in a more expansive way. Or if it's more of like a reflective time, like in the new moon, is you can take advantage and, and not, it, it kind of also gives you that permission to, to rest, to enjoy mm -hmm. that stillness. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, one of the things that drew me to the moon is just how how much the moon is integrated into every single concept of spirituality that we understand because you know 
in human design, one of the uh, one of the ways that people make decisions. So reflectors have this have a decision making necessity to literally follow the cycle of the moon. Um, and while I don't have actually I do have one reflector who's in my life regularly, but she's my partner's best friend. Um, both my partner and my sister have our mental projectors. So their inner authority is that outer authority, is that following of the moon. So the moon is something that I've always connected with. And then when human design came in and it was like, oh, human design is also super connected to the moon. And I, you know, astrology was super connected to the moon. I used to be really big in astrology. And then when I started to think about how connected that is to us as humans, because Moon circles and moon rituals have been around for millennia, literally. If you look in any tribal situation from the beginning of humanity, the way that they would meet, the th one of the main reasons that humans come together is to celebrate the full moon, the new moon, because the moon is something that we can all see. It's something that we can it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can see the moon. So it really brings us all together under this guise of, look, you can see the unit, you can see the moon, you can see how it affects us, you know? So I think that's a huge part of it for me. And, and it, it affects our environment too. Yeah, 100%. And, and like all the tides. And, and mm -hmm. it, I, I think it, it would be irresponsible to say that it doesn't affect us in the same way. Oh, yeah. I And that's one of the things, whenever someone comes to me as a skeptic, and we've talked about this in the podcast before, whenever someone comes to me as a skeptic, I, I talk about the concept that the moon creates waves. The moon creates the waves in the ocean, and we are 70% water. So what is the, the, the likelihood that our bodies are not affected by the moon and therefore every other planet in the sky <laughs> is extremely low, <laughs> you know? Well, and then, and then looking at, at, at how much openness you have too. I mean, I, I definitely notice um, mm -hmm. the different transits and, and that's actually one of the things that I want to kind of dive more deeper into um, especially in the human design side and, and all the other planets involved in that. But um, with the moon, you get to sample every single gate in human design in a one-month mm. period. Mm. And so when you have more openness, you actually get to experience that in a more intense way. Wow. Mm. I never thought mm. about that. That's so cool. Can you talk a little bit more about that and like what is your personal experience with getting all of these gates in in a one month span? I I'm actually still kind of new to it. Um and I, I think there was a lot of conditioning that I was holding in all of my open spaces um that really either prevented me from really noticing it or I would be affected by it so intensely that I didn't know how to handle it. Um, so I think part of it is is learning how to heal, especially healing with the transits, because it kind of gives you that that chance of amplifying that energy. So then if you amplify that energy in a healing way, you actually get more healing in that respect. Um, but now that I've, I've actually kind of deconditioned and, and really paid attention, I, I do notice... If I have a gate that um, creates a channel that I don't normally have, that's what I notice the most. And so I'm, I've been trying to uh, kind of map that out for myself over the, the span of a month. So like there might be times where, where I become a manifesting generator for a while just because that moon cycle hits those specific gates that connect especially my either my sacral to my throat or my identity center to my throat and and completes that circuit. And so that can give me certain energy that I actually amplify. It's it's the same as being around people that have those gates defined too. You're taking in that energy. It's just in a, a little bit more subtle way, but you're still taking it in and amplifying it. The only difference is if you're around the people doing it, you can leave that aura and not be um, affected by that connection mm. anymore. 
Whereas with the transits, it's there all the time until it transits into something else. Dang. So <laughs> it is a little bit more subtle expression, but uh, it's not as easily escapable. <laughs> yeah. But I also feel, isn't that kind of a of a gift? Oh, yeah. Because Definitely. when we are in the in that aura of people, of other people, and we have to deal with their energy and we have the opportunity to leave, that's the easy way out. That is the way that feels right. That's the way that like, I don't want this energy. I'm going to go away. And in a lot of cases, that is absolutely the right thing to do. That person is dealing with that energy. You do not have to deal with that energy. But when you're dealing with a transit like that, it forces you to sit in that. Why is this a problem for me? What is it that's actually coming up for me here? And it's in those moments that we have that opportunity, like you're saying, you could fall into the negative space of it. Sure. You could fall down that vortex. You could beat yourself up for it. You could, you know, figure out a way to make everything terrible. Or you can find the healing in it. You can find the way that we can say, okay, well, if I'm coming up against, like, for instance, this most recent gate one, we had, we did creativity gate one was in the highlight last night in one of the transits it's creativity and if you are someone who's struggling with being creative who's struggling with your creative power then it could very easily push you into a vortex of I can't create I can't create I can't create I'm terrible I'm not good at what I'm doing my creativity doesn't matter or you can take that step back and say okay if this creative energy is triggering me so much, then what is it that I can do to nurture it? What can I do to nurture that creative energy? How can I show up for myself in here? How can I hear that voice saying, you can't be creative and say back, okay, but but why? What if we just tried? Mm. What if we used this creativity that's currently in the transit and made something, did something, explored something? So I, I think that's the thing that's so beautiful about these transits is we're all going through them at the same time. And we have to. We don't have a choice. <laughs> this yep. is how we grow. Well, and another cool thing, too, is especially if it's in parts of your openness that you don't normally have definition in. Normally, when we get in front of other people into their auras, we're picking up the conditioning that they experience. Whereas the transits actually allow us to experience that energy in a way that we want to. It's giving us back uh, our authority over that expression. We have that choice of, do we want to have something that's, I don't really want to say toxic, but in that that's not really good for you sometimes mm -hmm. or we could find an expression that benefits us that feels good and and that's kind of one of the important things with transits to to kind of identify and and potentially take advantage of is it's it's not a time where you're gonna have to experience discomfort constantly but it's offering you this opportunity to choose how to kind of express and feel mm. that energy. Yes. So how is finding connection in these transits and connecting to all of this, how is that working in a group setting? Um, talk about why it's important to, you know, bring this to a, a group um, in the Lunar Soul Tribe. Well, for me, it just makes me nerd out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel like I've I've been saying I've said this seven times in this episode already, and it's exactly the same. <laughs> like it is exactly we are all going through it together. And I absolutely love that. So even in the Lunar Soul Tribe last night, when we were talking through the things we wanted to release and the things we wanted to call in without even being prompted, the things that people were wanting to release and the things that people were wanting to call in fell in line with the energy that was currently in the transits. So we had, you know, uh, 
the transits last night, we were dealing with gate one, which is creativity, and gate two, which is receptivity. So it was literally this meeting of masculine and feminine, of action and being receptive, coming together in essentially a yin-yang. So when we look at the types of energy they create, the one Gate one is actually yang yang, like it is the most yang of the yang. And uh, gate two (laughs) is yin yin. It is the most yin of the yin. So it was a matter of finding balance between the masculine and feminine. And the things that everyone was choosing to release and call in, even though they were all on different topics, it was all about finding balance in their lives and usually either accomplishments, achievements, creativity, action, work, movement, and finding the self-care space, finding that calm space, that supportive space. And so when we talk about the transits as a group, when we bring all of these people together and say, hey, look at what we're all going through right now, it is that moment of we're all in this together, you know? I can say it was so affirming to, you know, talking about what I was looking to release and looking to bring in, I you know, it was like, but everybody else here is also experiencing this need to, um, you know, find that, that strength and that creativity and also find that peace and balance the two, you know, it like everybody, everybody there was, was looking for that in different aspects of their life, but they were still looking for that. And it was like, oh, yes, we are all cosmically aligned. How have I not seen this prior to <laughs> this moment? You know, um, it was it was such a, you know, again, a very affirming moment to to have everybody there on the same page in their own way. Mm. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear. And I think it, it just gives it, especially with um, with human design, it kind of gives you that framework of validation. Um, especially working with the moon and, and with people in groups. And and what I love about working with that stuff in groups is the group itself actually brings healing to each other mm. beyond just mm-hmm. like a one-on-one session too. So there's multiple levels of healing, of, of connecting, of releasing and calling in. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Honestly, it's funny because one of the things that I think keeps uh, coming to me is that working in a group setting, I think, is even more beneficial than working in a one-on-one setting in a lot of situations. And it's difficult because working one-on-one needs to be more expensive. It needs to be more of an investment because you're, you're taking one person's time for that entire time just for you. And in a lot of cases, yeah, it's great to get that one-on-one attention. It's great to be able to dive in. But the benefits that you get from being surrounded by other people who are going through what you're going through and the amount of times that I've seen in group situations, not just in the Lunar Soul Tribe, but in other groups where people coach each other. There are moments where someone is going through something that I've not gone through, but somebody else in the group knows exactly what that's like. And they get this moment of like, it's, I need, I need to speak on, I need to, I need to help this person. And they can. And like being able to provide a space where that can happen is just so beautiful. And it's something that can be more accessible to so many more people. Because if we have a hundred people in one session and there are only two of us who need to get paid, it can be so much more affordable for so many people to show up and do this work. So I think that's also one of the things that's amazing about groups, about working as a group. Yeah, it's it's working with the concept that um, I hear a lot in like working with EFT tapping in groups is this mm. idea of borrowed benefits mm. where um, in, in the tapping experience, um, even just listening to someone going through that healing actually helps your own system. It, it's it's like sending out this frequency of healing, even just like listening to it or watching it. It's it's any kind of that mm-hmm. uh, frequency exchange that can help with that. Yeah, and I actually yeah. want to bring to light something that you said in the tribe last night, Ronnie, about how 
when we heal ourselves, we create an aura of healing and heal others. And so by healing ourselves, we are literally healing others in the moment, in that same room, all together. And then that aura is rippling out into everybody else, in everyone in their lives. And how much more exponentially is that the more people who are there and healing and feeling seen and feeling heard, you know? Yeah, it spreads like forest fire. fire. <laughs> yeah, the good kind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, yes. <laughs> yes. More like more like rain to a desert, right? Mm. It, it, it is healing in that way, not a forest yes. fire. Yeah. Fires, fires are cleansing in their Less own way. But I, I felt more like, ah, I feel, I feel like water is, is cleansing my body and my aura as I sit here and... Well, it is, yes. especially last night too, um, mm -hmm. just because it was a Scorpio moon and, and we were using water as one of our main mm -hmm. ritual items. It's that mm -hmm. cleansing yep. with the water that helps move, especially within the body. And, and working with Reiki and, and Yoga Nidra too, water is instrumental in helping release a lot of those toxins, a lot of that stuck energy yeah. in our bodies. Yes, absolutely. So I would love to talk to you guys about your spiritual journeys, as this was a very spiritual practice that we did last night. What have what have been your individual journeys to to come to this place of we need to get a group of people to be supported by the moon and by each other? Ronnie, would you like to start? I can start. Um, I, I feel like uh, my journey, my spiritual journey has, has been probably over the past five years. Um, and it really kind of came to a head of like more intense things um, starting in 2020. Um, but it was for a while, I, I think part of it was my Saturn return um, around the age of 27 and stuff. And um not really feeling like I was fitting in and not really knowing what I wanted to do in my life. I wasn't enjoying what I was doing and I kind of felt like I wasn't necessarily running, but it kind of felt like I was exploring outside of myself to try to well, for one it was satisfying my line 3, but <laughs> um <laughs> really kind of identifying areas in my life that that I wanted to change or just didn't feel right but I didn't really know how to fix it and I was dealing with a lot of depression and anxiety at the time and and trying to find especially at its lowest trying to find literally anything that could make me smile was one of the biggest things and then um after some kind of rocky experiences, um, I moved back home, or I should say back to my hometown, um, and um, got a job there and ended up working at a level one trauma center and ended up seeing a lot of really hard things um, that, <laughs> I know, <laughs> um, especially in 2020, it was kind of uh, it, it was, it felt like a, a really intense initiation into kind of like a dark night of the soul mm. for the, for the next yeah. like two years, mm. basically. Um, and I actually started that year, um, getting my gallbladder out. Wow. Uh, two weeks before my birthday, my 30th birthday. Talk about a Saturn return. And then <laughs> one month and one day after I had surgery, I broke my foot. Oh. Uh, and then... After a series of really tough um, surgical cases over the summer, I was a surgical tech. I don't know if I mentioned that before, but um, I I ended up seeing a lot of really traumatic and and sad things at work um, that not only contributed to severe burnout, but also um, I found out that fall that I was diagnosed with PTSD mm. and I was dealing with flashbacks and like night terrors. I was dealing with, um, I probably had anxiety attacks two mm. to three times a week 
like full blown. I can't function for like an hour at least. Um, and ended up having, I call it a mental breakdown. Uh, I had to take two weeks leave of absence from work, uh, which eventually led me from actually quitting that job, thankfully. But uh, that was kind of my biggest turning point was kind of that wall that I hit that I can't live like this anymore. Something needs mm -hmm. to change. And I don't know what what it is or what direction I need to go in, but this is not working. And so that was kind of the beginning of me starting to feel out like, okay, what actually does feel good to me? Um, and I ended up getting an opportunity, I think it was about a uh, half a year later, um, to move back with my parents for a little while and, and do a travel uh, contract at a local hospital near my parents. And that offered me an opportunity uh, not only to be able to connect with my family again in a way that I really needed at the time, um, but it also provided me enough uh, financial support to start kind of reaching out into different um, therapy modalities. Because I had been put on prescriptions and stuff mm -hmm. by then, and I was in traditional therapy that wasn't really tackling a lot of my issues it was just kind of it kind of felt a little surface level and like we're all just kind of figuring things out together but we all don't have the answers at all <laughs> kind of feeling um and and that was actually when i uh i was introduced to eft tapping and i was able to uh join a program it was a 12-week program that utilized it and that was instrumental to like getting me to where I am today. This was in the fall of 2021. Um, that in and of itself helped me stop having flashbacks altogether without medication. Amazing. And, wow. and then, um, so that was like, yeah, the fall of, of 2021 and then getting into the spring of 22, that was when I got introduced to Reiki and I got uh, certified in that. And my first session of Reiki that I received was actually when I got introduced to human design. And that made me fall into the rabbit hole of that and eventually led me to getting certified in that as well. And I, I left my career uh, completely last June. So I haven't wow. even been out of wow. it for a year yet. And um, I was able to do another uh healing program actually at the same time that that I was able to do Kayla's program last fall I did another EFT program um that also used uh human design as the basis for that healing and it was like finally being able to not only heal a lot of the trauma that I had experienced but it was kind of like clearing out all of my open spaces, all of the gunk that had stuck there for the last <laughs> 30 years of my life kind yeah. of thing. And and then I, I happened to be able to have basically two months living completely by myself with no, I don't want to say like completely no human interaction, but it was pretty much just me living in the woods for two months. And rarely seeing or interacting with other people's auras and it gave me this opportunity to really it, it kind of felt like a little bit of an ego death because especially with all the shedding of last fall it was like okay well all that energy was there but was any of it really me mm -hmm. and then just kind of falling into this like uh who am I kind of kind of experience but especially being able to experience that without being in other people's auras was very reassuring and, and was, it, it gave me the realization, like, I was there the entire time. It was just like looking through a really dirty window and I was able to clean that window now. Mm. And it feels amazing. And I, and I feel like especially with um, not only like the, the Lunar Soul Tribe session last night, but especially with this eclipse and the, the eclipse right before it um, two weeks ago, 
it it kind of felt like this period of time for me was a rebirth of like actually going out in public again uh, and and learning how to interact with other people's auras without the conditioning and the trauma and the wounding that was there for so long. And so it's it's still almost new for me of like experiencing that. It's it's like looking at at it through the eyes of a child again. Oh. And it's amazing. Oh. Wow. Wow. First, I just want to say thank you for being part of my journey. Yes. Oh, but thank you for being so open and vulnerable and sharing your story. That it's so incredible. I had no idea. Um, and I'm I'm just so happy for the journey that you took. I mean, it was hard. It sounds really difficult, but like I'm so glad that you're in a better place <laughs> and that you're like excited well and, and not only do I feel like I'm in a better place but like it's and and I feel like this is part of my line five as well of wanting to be able to provide mm. that opportunity yes. for other people yep especially with human design and Reiki and and anything else that because I I love learning and I love just absorbing everything like if anything really strikes my my sacral as a yes. I need yep. to go and learn everything I can about it because it, I get obsessed. But um, I love getting that opportunity to, to be able to offer those kinds of healing opportunities to people that mm-hmm. basically people like me who didn't really have that area to turn to really. I, I stumbled upon this kind of by chance. Yeah. And I could not be more grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the way that Ronnie and I met was you had posted something just kind of like reaching out into the ether. She had posted something on uh, Karen Curry Parker's site, which that's she I was actually doing the same program that you were just doing the healing the witch wound um, with her. And that's you're also getting your certification with her in human design. So we're all we're very, very big Karen Curry Parker fans. Um, but I just so happened to go to the page where people talk about their charts. And I was like, okay, let's see if anyone has a has like questions that I might be able to answer. And she had this question about being a reflecting generator, because she only has two centers defined. And what you may or may not know from previously on this podcast, Megan and my best friend, Erica is also a generator who only has two centers defined. So I had worked with Erica for like six months on her design. And I, you know, as one of her best friends, know her design back and forward so that I can talk to her about all of the things. Um, So I immediately (laughs) was like, oh, my God, like this makes sense to me. I understand this person. And so it, it was a total fluke that I happened to post on there and be like, my best friend deals with this, too. And then you reached out to me and we you ended up doing my program. We started talking like it was it was just such serendipity. I think it was, again, both of us being invited into. It was like, oh, look, here's a person I can help. And then you got that thing to respond to. So it is really amazing the way that these things come to us. Divine timing and it's divine timing. (laughs) Um, And one other thing that I I really want to mention, because I think this goes right into, uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to go super deep into my spiritual journey, because I think I've talked about it some on this podcast already. Um, (laughs) But, (laughs) um, but that idea of, I'm sorry, you had to go through that I'm glad you're better. I'm glad you're doing better. Because the thing is, is that I feel like when you've gone through something like that, and Ronnie, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you've gone through something like that, coming out on the other side and being in this spiritual space gives you the opportunity to find gratitude for the things that brought you there. It's very humbling. Yeah, absolutely. Because for my dark night of the soul, it was it was deep. It was a lot. The main thing that happened for me is I was I left college and my whole concept of what my career was going to look like shifted because I had spent my whole life wanting to be an actor and I'd spent my whole life working toward being an actor. I'd been in school. I started acting when I was seven. I had been taking classes from 
literally the age of like five, acting, dancing, singing. And then I graduated from college after getting my BFA in acting. And there was nothing, like there was nowhere else for me to go. At that point, it became, okay, well, now you start a business where you sell yourself. And no one had taught me how to do that. I didn't know what I was doing. And I fell into a deep depression. The relationship that I was in ended at that point. It was uh, at that point that I feel like I really went internal and just shut everybody else out. I stopped asking for help. I stopped talking to people. I didn't want anyone to know that I was so depressed because it was so because I didn't want them to worry about me I didn't want them to worry that I wasn't okay I feel that on such a soul level yes (laughs) yes and so from there I ended up in a relationship that I was in for four years and at the end of it we both like he literally looked at me and was just like you're not happy this isn't working and like At the end of that relationship, I had literally moved to Bali with this person. I moved to Indonesia. I was living in Indonesia with this man who I had poured my whole, I had just decided, well, this is my life now. I'm probably going to marry this guy. I'm probably going to have his kids. I'm just going to, he got a job in Bali and I moved there. Like I went there with him. And on the one hand, totally not what I needed. On the other hand, I am so glad that I did that because putting myself in that situation, it triggered that dark night of the soul for me. It triggered this space where I couldn't work. I didn't have any way of providing for myself. I didn't have any way of taking care of myself. I was by myself almost all the time because the man I was there with was working 14 hours a day. And I really, I tried to escape for a lot of it. It was a lot of watching Gossip Girl. It was a lot of, of all this kind of shit. Um, and when I finally, when we finally, when we broke up and I came home, it was like I had to start over from scratch. I was starting over from the very beginning. It was as if I had just like kind of scraped myself off the floor and was like, okay, well, I guess we're going to do this now and started to build. And I've always been a very spiritual person. I've always been someone who's been kind of obsessed with witchcraft, specifically, um, but also kind of felt like I wasn't really allowed to touch it, like as if I wasn't actually magical enough, or I wasn't actually special enough, or I don't have the gift, or, you know, whatever that means. Um, And so when I got back from Bali, it was kind of like, there were no more rules, (laughs) Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't know if I wanted to be acting anymore. I didn't know if I wanted to be, you know, what kind of business I even wanted to go into. I got into an improv class because I was like, let's just have fun with acting because I don't remember the last time that happened, you know. Um, And my journey since that point began to lead me closer to getting involved in my own spirituality. I found kundalini yoga. It you know, started to really ground me. I uh, got into a relationship with somebody who saw me for who I actually was, <laughs> um, who I am still in a relationship with now. We're on, going on six years. Um, and really started to do the shadow work, to dig in, to see like, what what's there? What is there? Why, why am I dealing with all of these things? Like, why am I dealing with depression? Why am I dealing with anxiety? What are the triggers for these things? And then when I found human design, which was, you know, after the pandemic hit, I needed to fully figure out what it was I was going to do because I was no longer going to be acting. It didn't exist. Uh, (laughs) And (laughs) so I found coaching and I was like, okay, what's this? And I've talked a lot about my coaching journey from that point. Um, But finding human design, I think, was was really the crux of all of this. And I've been realizing more and more that the relationships that I've fostered, the people that I've met, the situations that I've found myself in, the way that I view my life has continually been changing since I found human design into this more and more growth mindset. Because when you're in a space where you can, like we're talking about earlier, I'm in this gate right now and I have a choice. I can either go down the rabbit hole of I'm not creative enough, or I can capitalize on this energy. I can say, you know what? 
this creative energy is here for me right now. I'm going to paint something, you know, (laughs) and giving yourself the opportunity to do that is something that you would never have thought to do if you hadn't gone through the lowest of the low, the crappiest of the crap. And I've heard a lot of different people talking about, you know, is the dark night of the soul necessary? Do you need to hit rock bottom in order to find to find the most magical space? And I don't think it's a matter of needing to, but I think that it's a matter of balance. If you go to that place, if you get into the the lowest place that could be imagined, then you know how high you can go. There's this part of you that also understands the other side. If you can be that low, you can also be that high. There is no ceiling. And I I think that when we keep ourselves in comfort, when we don't go outside of the comfort zone, that's when we do ourselves a disservice. Because if we are caught in, I need to stay where it's safe, I need to stay where it's comfortable, I need to stay where I where I know, I know what these walls look like, then we have, then we can't grow. From there mm. yeah well and, and not only that but it it's it helps you build resiliency i mean don't get me wrong like going through that hard stuff sucks mm-hmm. i and and when you were talking it, it reminded me of um actually a year prior to when i was 27 like i was saying in my story um when i was 26 i moved out to my own apartment by myself for the first time ever in my life. That same month that I moved out, which was a huge undertaking in and of itself to begin with, but that same month that I moved out, I my boyfriend of two years broke up with me, who I completely thought that I was going to marry one day. So that was devastating. And then within the span of about three weeks... Uh, I knew, what is it, like, about four different people, um, acquaintances or, like, high school um, friends or, or whatever. Four people died of heroin overdoses, either from a full overdose or a bad batch with fentanyl, all in the span of a month. And it was, that was my rock bottom. And crawling back from that was not even... Cause, cause where my story kind of started was, was like, I'm unhappy. Let's Mm -hmm. find all the things to make me happy again. And that point was, what does it take for me to survive this? Because Mm -hmm. it was so low, what is going to take me to actually get to the next day? And that is such a profound experience. And I, honestly would not wish it on anyone but I will say once you get those opportunities of healing and getting out of it and rising yeah you're more resilient Mm. and so when you actually face situations like that in the future it doesn't bring you down anymore or that low anymore Mm -hmm. and you know Mm -hmm. how to come back from it yeah ah absolutely i mean experience is the greatest teacher you know any experience good or bad you know nobody wants anybody to go through those things but experience is the greatest teacher at the end of the day they're gonna it's going to teach you how to be resilient and and what pain feels like and what joy feels like you know it it, life is what it is (laughs) but you know it's it's good to learn um, from it. So what are you hoping that your participants are going to get out of being a part of the Lunar Soul Tribe? Well, I think with just what we were talking about, like just the opportunity of healing and getting, especially one of the things that I really struggled with earlier on in my healing, healing journey was, and I think part of this was, was partly based on my own self-worth wounds, but feeling like people were price gouging for that healing. Mm. Mm. Not necessarily saying that that was what was happening or not, but there was a lot of opportunities that were out of my price range for getting that healing experience, or at least trying it. And that's one thing that I really hope 
to have this circle provide is having, even if it's just one time, getting to experience it, see if it actually is worth doing it more often, whether it's Reiki, whether it's Yoga Nidra, or just learning the transits or human design or learning mm -hmm. how you are designed. Um, that can in and of itself be that spark that leads you down to the healing yeah. path that you need. So I think having that as like a more cost-effective opportunity for people, yeah. especially on a monthly basis, I think is a fantastic opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. completely agree. And I think uh, one of the greatest things about that too is the consistency, is this opportunity to show up for yourself every month and being given that opportunity to show up for yourself because really that's what this is. At any moment where you are going, where you're doing something specifically for your own well-being to move yourself forward, to set intentions, to whatever it is, you are practicing self-care. You're showing up for yourself. And so if we can provide a monthly space where people who have, you know, busy lives and jobs and maybe don't stop and think about themselves ever can show up once a month to really for two hours, it's nothing but you your spirituality, your connection to the earth, your connection to these other people, this safe space where you can heal, where you can grow. That is like, it's it's magical. It's magical. And um, I, I really want everyone who is involved in this to not only get to experience that safe space and get to have that moment of self-care, but to also acknowledge that this is a place for learning. This is a place for, for exploring. And so if you come, if you're worried, oh, I don't know about human design, or I don't know about rituals, or I don't know if I believe in that kind of stuff, or, you know, who knows what the, you know, what does the moon actually do? We are <laughs> not interested in selling dogma no interest at all all we want is for there to be a space a safe space where you can explore these things so if it's something that you don't even know if you want to be involved in you don't even know if you want to speak but you're curious this is a great place to explore so i think that's that's one of the biggest things about this for me um and just so you all know because we have been talking about the affordability of all of this um so if you become a subscriber and you subscribe to the lunar soul tribe then every month each one of these circles is only 38 dollars so if you want to do them one off it's 44 dollars for each individual and you can sign up as late as the day before you can sign up you could even sign up right before it happens um so they're 44 dollars. but if you become a member you save i think it's like 13 percent or something it's 38 dollars a session so and that because i i completely agree ronnie there are a lot of situations where it feels really difficult to get healing because getting any kind of because usually when you do an energy healing of any kind, it's about an hour. And under normal circumstances, that's going to cost you between $100 and $200, sometimes even $300, depending on how valuable that person's time is. And the thing is, is as a coach myself, I completely understand that. Like, you know, I have a limited amount of energy. I can't do more than one session, maybe two sessions in a day because of the way that my energy works. And so if I'm going to be able to make a living, I need to charge in a way that makes sense for the amount of clients that I can actively work with. So that's why I think this is such a beautiful opportunity because it is giving just about anybody the option to do that inner work, to show up for themselves and to get to try out this Reiki, get to try out Yoga Nidra, get to try out being involved in a in a moon circle, doing this kind of ritual, and really just getting to enjoy that as an individual as well as with the group. Mm. If the moon's showing up once a month, so can you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, we are coming up on time. So thank you. Thank you, Ronnie, so much for, for joining us and sharing your story and talking to us about the Lunar Soul Tribe. I 
really enjoyed myself uh, last night. So for all of our listeners, please go check them out. Uh, Ronnie and Kayla, where can they sign up for the Lunar Soul Tribe? Yeah, if you go to my website, go to kayla-care.com slash events. The event is up there and you can sign up. It should always be the one at the top of the list. Um, And you can also follow either of us on Instagram and we will be posting about it every week uh, or every month. So that you can get the updated dates and everything. Um, my Instagram yes. is underscore Kayla underscore Mason. And Ronnie, what is your Instagram? V Krile. V-K-R-I-L-E. Awesome. Wonderful. It's my initials. So awesome. <laughs> um, I will also say there is a Facebook group, a private Facebook group for anyone that wants to do uh, like one session or wants to subscribe but wants to have that community space outside of the circle, that's there too. There is that option. And you can connect to both Kayla and I there as well. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Ronnie. And I can't wait for next month's Lunar Circle. If you like what you heard on this podcast, follow us on Instagram at human design in real time to keep up with our next episodes. And if you want to learn more about your own human design, I'd love to help you on your journey. You can head to my website, kayla-care.com to book an introductory human design session where we'll dive into the person you were born to be. That's K-A-Y-L-A-C-A-R-E.com. We're always looking for awesome humans to be guests on the podcast. So if you'd like to be interviewed, send us an email at humandesigninrealtime at gmail.com. This podcast is brought to you by Kayla Care. A big thank you to our amazing producer, sound mixer, designer, and editor, Sabrina Mason. Thank you to the composers of our theme song, Niall Spaulding and Sabrina Mason. Thank you to today's guests for being open and present with us. And thanks to you, our listeners, for supporting this podcast. Keep discovering your human Human design design in real time. time.